Welcome to Cherry Beckert's podcast on the impact of future Gatsby pronouncements impacting government airport sponsors. I'm Greg Miller, the leader of Cherry Beckert's Government Transportation Group. Joining me is Lauren Strope, a director with our Government Transportation Group at Cherry Beckert. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me today. We're also honored to have Scott Anderson joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Scott is a director with Cherry Beckert's Government Services Group, who's currently serving as one of two practice fellows with GASB. Thanks to both of you for being here today. As mentioned, today's topics for discussion are upcoming GASB pronouncements and what impact those pronouncements might have on airport sponsors. With that, I'm going to turn things over to Lauren, who will be asking Scott several questions about specific GASB pronouncements and their impacts on airports. Thanks, Greg. Scott, thank you so much for taking time away from all of your GASB duties to talk with us. Let's start with a question about GASB 87, as I'm sure that's on everyone's mind as we're in the year of implementation. Are there any key issues that airports need to consider or address? Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Um, well, as, as many of our airport colleagues know, GASB Statement 87 uh, was a significant undertaking, probably disproportionately so for airports. Uh, and because of the impact on airports, many airports were involved early, even helped to shape the final pronouncement. And as many of you know, Statement 87 requires that leases be recognized and measured using the facts and circumstances as of the beginning of the period of implementation. So for all governments, that period of implementation has begun. So Statement 87 is now live. Fortunately, the number of technical inquiries that we have received from airports have dropped significantly over the last year, um, which is an indication to us that those affected by it most are ready to implement. Um, of course, there could still be other uh, questions arise as financial statements are prepared and, and those financial statements are audited. Uh, but from our standpoint, it looks like airports are, are in pretty good shape. Awesome. So as airports finish their implementation of 87 and move on to other pronouncements, can you talk to us a little bit about Statement 94? How did this one come about and what's the possible impact that it could have on our airports? Sure. Well, as you know, Statement 94 is all about P3s or public-public partnerships or public-private partnerships. And what exactly is a P3? Uh, there actually is not a standard definition of a P3 in the P3 industry. Uh, in the broadest sense, a lease arrangement or a vendor relationship could be a P3. And in its strictest sense, a P3 must include the construction of infrastructure. And so part of what Statement 94 is, is determining what a P3 is for accounting purposes. Um, part of what Statement 94 um, is also doing is re-examining Statement 60. Um, if you remember Statement 60 on service concession arrangements, um, it provided a very narrowly defined P3, which is what a service concession arrangement is. And I remember at the time that Statement 60 uh, came out, um, obviously before my Gatsby days, uh, but I thought that would have an impact on airports. Um, it actually did not have a very significant impact on airports. And when Gatsby did some research on its impact, they found that it was probably a little bit too narrowly defined. And so what Statement 94 is doing as it's, it's re-examining and it's taking the definition of, um, or it's taking P3s and expanding it to, to those arrangements that are outside of the scope of 87, as well as outside of the scope of Statement 60. Um, in the end, it supersedes Statement 60, 
uh, but it brings over all of the service concession arrangement guidance from 60, puts it into statement 94, and then expands it to cover more uh, P3 scenarios. Uh, the good news about 94 is it does follow the same template that 87 followed. Um, so if you are familiar with 87, as, as most of our airports are, um, you will be familiar with, with this guidance. And, and we really expect that uh, more and more governments are going to continue to use uh, P3s. Uh, it's, a, it's a way for governments to share their risks with the private sector for big projects, and it's only going to get bigger. And so we think that this the statement may not have as big of an impact on implementation, but it will have a big impact going forward. That makes complete sense, and I can definitely see what an impact it's going to have on a go-forward basis. All right, so statement 96 is another pronouncement that was written following the same template as 87 or 84. Do you think it will have the same impact on airports? Probably not. Um, because 87 was, as I said, disproportionately uh, impactful for airports, uh, I, I don't imagine 96 will be that way. But any government with cloud-based services or or other SPEDAs, a subscription-based information technology arrangements, will will be impacted by by the statement. Uh, statement 96 um, is, of course, part of the same suite of standards as we as we like to say here at the Gatsby as 87 and 94, meaning it follows that same template. So if you are familiar with the provisions of 87, uh, you'll get 96 quite easily. Um, they, they're laid out the same way. Uh, one other thing that makes 96 a little bit easier is it only provides guidance from the subscriber standpoint, um, which is the equivalent to the, the lessee in statement 87, because there aren't a lot of governments who provide cloud services to other entities. So it's just taking that one side of the transaction um, and applying it, um, as well as bringing some provisions from uh, statement 51 for um, developing of internal general software. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so Gatsby's statement on conduit debt, statement 91, goes into effect next year. What are some aspects of that pronouncement that airports specifically should be aware of? Well, so the first thing that you should be aware of is statement 91 is issued for the benefit of the issuer. Um, there are three parties to any conduit debt transaction. You have the, the issuer, uh, the government that's actually issuing the debt. You have the uh, third party obligor, so the recipient of the proceeds and the one responsible for paying off the debt. Uh, and then you have the uh, the debt holder. Um, and so what this is doing is it's defining conduit debt uh, more specifically uh, from interpretation to, um, and then it's providing the guidance from the issuer standpoint. So airports who are the the obligor uh, don't need to worry about this statement it's not providing guidance but if you are an issuer on behalf of a third party obligor then this statement is for you um, if you are a uh, issuer and you read this statement you may think to yourself that this is doing exactly what you already do or it's telling you to do what you have already been doing um, because in a lot of cases governments are already accounting for the way statement 91 is prescribed but there was such limited guidance before. All we had was interpretation two, which was issued sometime in the 90s, and all it was was a, a disclosure requirement, and there was a lot of um, divergence in how people were accounting for it. And so uh, this is just trying to put everyone on the same page. Um, it also provides guidance for um, uh, additional commitments that an issuer can make. For instance, if you 
are the issuer, you may also commit to provide a financial guarantee or a moral obligation pledge. Um, this provides you with guidance on what to do in those cases. And it's not trying to blaze any new trails. It's going to follow what Statement 70 already says about financial guarantees, for example. Uh, the other thing that Statement 91 does is there are a lot of conduit debt um, arrangements that involve capital assets um, to be used by the obligor but owned by the issuer. So Statement 91 also provides guidance for how to account for those arrangements. So last year, the Financial Reporting Model Reexamination Project issued an exposure draft. What are the topics that airports should be aware of? Well, there is a lot covered in the Financial Reporting Reexamination Project, FRM. Um, I would say that the topics that receive the most attention from stakeholders during due process is, the, is those that affect governmental funds, uh, which obviously does not affect airports. Um, but there are a few things in there that, that airports and other uh, enterprise fund type entities um, should be aware of. Um, FRM is, is also trying to address some of the inconsistencies with the operating and non-operating classification and proprietary fund financial statements. Um, as you may know, the current guidance in Statement 34 allows governments to determine their own policy for what is operating and what is non-operating, and as a result has become quite inconsistent across governments. So the approach taken by the board uh, in the exposure draft is to define non-operating um, with operating defined as basically everything else. Um, so this will be impactful. Um, the board had considered at one point if each industry should kind of have their own definitions, uh, they decided to do more of a principle-based approach, one, one, one principle for all industries within the government um, as a whole to, to follow. And, and so that's what this does. Um, one other thing that it does is it proposes a change uh, to the presentation of proprietary fund statement of revenue and expense and changes the net position, um, which would include a new section for non-capital subsidies. Uh, which would be a non-operating in the non-operating section. So I would say those are probably the two most important things to be aware of. Um, the like I said, an exposure draft was issued last year. Uh, the board is currently re-deliberating topics. Um, the current technical plan shows that this pronouncement uh, would be finalized sometime early in 2023. Perfect. Well, that's something for us all to look forward to. Um, I know it's going to be quite difficult just because of everything that goes into it, but can you provide us with a quick update on the revenue and expense recognition project and then what impact do you think it might have? Sure. Um, this is a project that has been going for quite a while, um, but still has a long ways to go. Um, there's been two exposure documents already at this point. Um, we've done a field tests, we've had public hearings, we've had user forums, and so we've got a lot of stakeholder feedback, but we still are probably two years away from an exposure draft. Um, so we're we're working hard on it. Um, as far as how it will affect airports and other business type activities, um, this model that's being proposed will be a uh, performance obligation approach for what we now call exchange transactions. Um, and so that's that's a model that's that's that ba it basically follows the FASB 606 model. Um, in fact, two years ago we started with FASB 606, uh, used it as a jumping-off point um, in 
in order to, to develop the model, obviously taking the GASB's conceptual framework as we work through um, what the model should look like for governments. So what that means is business type activities would be following a performance obligation approach similar to the private sector um, as far as how we would recognize revenue. Now, we've received a lot of feedback about all aspects of the model. Did not receive a lot of negative comments about the performance obligation approach. Um, in fact, a lot of comments saying that people agree with it and it's the way to move forward. So um, out of all the things that's been proposed so far, uh, this is one that I think might stick, um, but there's still quite a lot to, to work on and develop with that model. Well, it's not every day you get to chit chat with a Gatsby fellow. Um, so thank you so much. It was definitely an honor. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren, for leading this Q&A session. Scott, once again, we appreciate you taking your time away from your responsibilities at the Gatsby and to share your thoughts with us. And we look forward to your return to Cherry Becker with the continued insights and relationships that you've built while at the Gatsby. A quick disclaimer that Scott's views expressed in this podcast uh, are his own views. Uh, any official positions of the GASB are reached only after extensive due process and deliberations. Also, we're not providing any specific accounting, financial reporting, or tax advice on this podcast. Please consult with your accounting or tax advisor or Cherry Becker for more guidance. If you want more information about GASB or any other topics that impact your airport, visit our website at cbh.com. Thank you for joining us.